What comes to mind when you hear the word rest? Is it a hammock swaying between two trees? Or is it time spent vegging out on the couch, binging your latest TV series? Is it a slow afternoon in the kitchen? Or laughter around a table with friends? Perhaps rest feels like something elusive. Something you want but can't find time to claim. Or maybe it just seems lazy when there is so much that must be done. Take a deep breath. Close your eyes. Today we're going to spend some time reflecting on what these complicated feelings might be. Welcome to Kitchen Meditations, a weekly podcast from Edible Theology where we examine the ways God meets us in the kitchen and at the table. I'm your host, Kendall Vanderslice. If you are hungry for a taste of God's hope and healing and the mundane tasks of your everyday life, then you've come to the right place. May these meditations bring you a bit of grounding as you prepare to eat today and every day. If you're following along using our Bake with the Bible program, this lesson pairs with Lesson 2 on the Lord's Prayer. Let's get started with a little spiritual mise en place, a prayer to orient ourselves before we begin. In the professional kitchen, mise en place is the process of preparing your workspace for the dishes you're about to make. It involves measuring your ingredients and reading your recipe all the way through so that you can find rest every time you dig your hands into dough. I like to think of it as a time to prepare my own mind and body as well, asking God to be present with me as I cook or as I bake. Our spiritual mise en place today is drawn from the Lord's Prayer. Slow your breathing, and now as you breathe, repeat with me. Inhale. Give us this day, and as you exhale, our daily bread. Sometimes I worry that in my writing about bread and about contemplative cooking, I give the wrong impression about myself. That I am someone who manages to live my life at a slow pace, or that I have mastered the art of building my daily rhythms around the needs of my bread. The truth is, I am historically very bad about taking time to rest. I'm drawn to bread and to times of meditation in the kitchen because it runs so counter to my natural pace. At one point in my life, I worked 60 hours a week as the pastry chef for a restaurant startup while writing my graduate thesis and working a job as the blog and social media manager for my graduate program. A few years later, I launched a book, wrote a second graduate thesis, and launched my own bread bakery all at the same time. And a couple years after that, I bought a house, wrote another book, launched a podcast, and started the process of incorporating a nonprofit all at once. If you're doing the math here, yes, this most recent bout of madness was just a few months ago. And life hasn't really slowed down since. I used to think it was sort of a joke how much I filled my plate. Oh, I'm just someone who can't do anything small, I'd say to others laughing. I'm pretty sure I said this on a call as recently as, mm, yesterday? But the truth is, as is usually the case, a bit more complicated than that. 
In each of these many seasons spent stuffing my schedule far too full, I wrestled between the reality of financial precarity coupled with the search for clarity about what exactly I should be doing with my life. When I committed to a 60-hour-a-week job while in school, I was hopeful I might finally have a long-term career path after graduation. When the position didn't pan out as I'd expected, it was underpaid and the kitchen culture was incredibly degrading, I had to add in a side job just to cover my bills. It's just for a little while till I get my feet under me, I told myself. Except that the pattern just continued year after year the endless restlessness while trying to get my feet on solid ground. It's just for a little bit until my audience grows and I'm sure my next book will sell. It's just for a little bit until I've hired new people and I can spread the work around. It's just for a little bit until our fundraising is done and I have a bit more breathing room. It's always just a little bit more, that promise of rest perpetually out of reach. I'm guessing that at some time or another, you have felt something similar too. Working way too many hours just to pay the bills, or spreading yourself too thin while trying to figure out what exactly it is you're supposed to do. It's just for a little bit until the kids are all in school. It's just for a little bit until they're out of the house. It's just for a little bit until... Insert your own excuse here. The failure to slow down tends to snowball. The more you wear yourself down, the longer it takes to get things done and the lower quality your work is, or the more tense your relationships become, which wears you down even further until you're too burnt out to function when rest is forced upon you whether you have the space for it or not. Does this sound familiar at all to you? We've all got a million excuses to avoid slowing down, and most of them honestly are really good. But coupled together with the legitimate reasons to keep pushing forward is another, less savory truth. Rest can be scary. Sometimes we refuse to rest because we don't want to slow our minds. We're afraid of what we'll see if we stop moving so fast. Insecurity, loneliness, disappointment, fear. Sometimes we refuse to rest because we want to maintain control of our lives, We're afraid that if we slow down, a good opportunity might pass us by, a job or a relationship or a home. Sometimes we fear that rest will come across as lazy. Or we argue that rest is a privilege we don't deserve. But rest is something God commands us to do. On the seventh day of creation, the culmination of God's work, God slowed down and took a day to rest, to enjoy the fruits of labor. In the third commandment, God tells us to follow suit, to keep the Sabbath day holy. I'm convinced that God urges us to rest for at least three reasons. First, because we need it. We cannot keep pushing through life without slowing down. Second, because without rest, we cannot take time to enjoy the goodness of God's creation. But third, and perhaps most appropriate to Lent, our rest forces us to rely on God to provide. And this forced reliance shapes us in valuable ways. Give us this day our daily bread, Jesus teaches us to pray, 
provide for us day after day after day. This prayer reminds me of the Israelites wandering in the desert, awaiting God's provision of manna each morning. If you haven't read the story in a while, it comes from Exodus 16. Each morning, the Israelites came out from their tents to find bread, tasting of honey and the size of coriander, sprinkled about like dew. They were told to go out and gather each morning what they needed for that day, and that day alone. If they tried to save some for the days ahead, it would spoil. They were forced each day to trust that God would continue to provide. They could work ahead all they wanted, but that work was in vain. Instead, God encouraged them to slow down, to rest, and to trust God's promise to provide. In case the need for slower, more restful rhythms was not apparent enough already, the manna changed behavior over the weekends. The day before Sabbath, the Israelites were told to gather enough for two days. They were to rest completely on the Sabbath, which meant they needed to stock up on bread. Miraculously, the bread that would spoil any other day stayed good long enough for them to take a break. If I were an Israelite in the desert, I can promise you I would be antsy. I know God has provided every day up until now, I would find myself saying to friends, but what if this is the time God fails to follow through? I just want to be prepared, you know? Or, I know God has provided manna every day so far, but yesterday's tasted pretty strong of clover honey, and I didn't love it. Next time we've got some of that wildflower honey flavored, I want to save a few days worth. I need a bit of control when everything else is up in the air. Don't let me fool you. I am much better at talking about rest and trusting God's provision than I am at actually taking my own advice. But that's why I love bread so much and why I love the season of Lent too. Lent is a season of learning to recognize our full reliance on God. When we fast, we allow our hunger to remind us of our need for food, but also to remind us that our food only comes about as a gift from God. The God who orders the seasons, who balances the sun and the clouds and the rain so that our food can grow. Technological advances of the last century or so have made it pretty easy to think that we are independent, self-sufficient creatures. When we're hungry, we can just go to the pantry and choose from a wide selection of foods. When our pantry is empty, we can go to the store and purchase a few items to fill it back up. But if you've ever lived reliant on the land, you know the strain of wondering if the weather will cooperate this season. If you've ever lived in financial hardship, you know the difficulty of wondering whether the pantry will have what you need. In other words, you know well the limits of our self-sufficiency. Lent is a season to sit in those limits and to ask God to remind us of the promise to provide. Like the Israelites waiting for manna or Jesus' prayer for daily bread, we sit in the discomfort of realizing our lack of control. And hopefully, over time, that discomfort turns to relief as we recognize that God does not need us to keep grasping for the reins. God promises to care for God's creation. And even if it doesn't quite look or feel the way we want it to, God will provide. In the baker's table, our sourdough starters have built up enough strength to leaven daily loaves of bread. 
We've watched their rhythms as they rise and fall after every feeding. We are reminded every time that building up strength and flavor in our dough takes time. After mixing, we, the bakers, have to step away. The transformation takes place when both we and the dough slow down and rest. When it's rushed, we hinder the development of both texture and flavor. We must trust that underneath the surface, over a long period of time, change is happening that we cannot see. When I look back on the seasons that I most overwhelmed myself in my refusal to rest, I wonder what would have happened if I had forced myself to slow down. To be honest, I probably wouldn't have taken that 60-hour-a-week pastry chef job. If I had taken God's commandment to rest seriously, I would have created the space beforehand to realize the job was a terrible choice for me. If I had trusted that God would show me the next steps after school, I would have focused on the classes at hand and continued in my previous job, even if it wasn't necessarily my long-term dream. At the same time, I see the ways that even these painful seasons shaped and flavored me. They have forced me to look back and remember God's provision year after year. Even when I didn't see it, change was happening that I could not control. Slowly, these years have strengthened me to take a deep breath and trust God's direction, even if it's not quite the direction I would have chosen for myself. It turns out the things I most wanted that felt most out of my hands are things God provided in time. And in retrospect, I'm so grateful the events unfolded as they did, not as I desired. Slowly, I'm learning to accept that times of rest, even when it feels irresponsible, are actually good. I hope you feel permission to rest this week, too. Give us this day our daily bread. We'll get to our kitchen tip in just a moment, but I want to take a quick break to tell you more about Edible Theology. Edible Theology is an educational media project helping you connect the communion table to the kitchen table. We offer Bible studies, bread baking workshops, and a digital community to help you meet God through food. Have you ever thought about getting into homemade bread, then been overwhelmed by all the books and websites attempting to teach you how? One recommends hundreds of dollars worth of equipment, and another suggests you take care of your dough like a child or a pet. The simple hobby quickly becomes way too much to handle. Perhaps it's time you give our Bake and Pray Any Day program a try. In this 12-video course, you will learn the basics of bread making in the most unintimidating way. Weaving baking science and technique together with theological reflection, I teach you how to incorporate bread making into the rhythms of your busy life. Even if you're intimidated by the thought of yeast, you'll step away from this course with a practical understanding of how to bake bread and a deep appreciation for the ways God can shape you in the process. Learn more at the link in our show notes or by visiting learn.edibletheology.com. Again, that's learn.edibletheology.com. Our kitchen tip today is for those who feel like the kitchen is a place of stress rather than rest. To start, if you need, let this be permission to eat out, to buy a frozen meal, to take a recipe shortcut. 
While cooking can be a meditative act, slowing you down when life is running too fast, it can also be stress-inducing if the rest of life feels overwhelming. When I know I'm heading into a week that's going to be stressful, I'm all about takeout and frozen entrees from Trader Joe's. If you are someone who feels like spending extra for a bit of convenience is irresponsible, then let this be permission to quiet the voices in your head that tell you it's not okay. If you do have some time for cooking and just don't know how to slow your mind enough to make it a restful activity, then I've got a tip for you. Choose a line of scripture or of poetry or some sort of mantra to repeat with each breath. Like our breath prayers during our spiritual mise en place. Repeat the prayer every time you inhale and exhale, paying attention to the ways your body moves. Consider the ways your arms slow down when you put a phrase to each breath. You are praying not just with words, not just with your mind, but with the movements of your fingers. Pay attention to the feel of the knife in your hand or the resistance of the spoon as it stirs the pot. Pay attention to the scents enveloping you. Smile at the vibrant colors of vegetables or maybe laugh at the strange sounds of sauce as it glops from the bottle. By paying attention to your breathing and to the experience of every sense, you are grounding yourself in your body while also slowing down the swirl of thoughts in your brain. When you sit down to eat, remember that we rest not just because our bodies need it, and not just because it shapes us in patience and trust. We rest so that we can delight in our labor. Allow yourself to truly delight in the meal that you made. And now to close, a prayer for rest. O God who took the seventh day to enjoy what your hands had made, Teach us to rest, to breathe slow and deep, delighting in the fruits of our labor, and of your creation too. Teach us to trust that you will provide, even when it feels unwise. Give us each day our daily bread, enough to thrive, but not so much we lose the joy of waiting on you. Amen. Kitchen Meditations is brought to you by the Edible Theology Project, where the communion table meets the dinner table. Learn more and sign up for our weekly newsletter at edibletheology.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at edibletheologyproject. If you want to discuss this episode with other food-loving folks, then join our free community at community.edibletheology.com. We post discussion questions every Monday to keep the conversation going. Our intro music is by Josh Garrels. A huge thank you to my team, Hannah Hargrave, Sherea Calabras, Emily Thompson, Lisa Hammersham, and to our producer, Jason Rugg, who made this podcast possible. We would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or Spotify, then share this episode with your friends. Your help ensures that others discover this podcast too.